<laughs> yeah, it's not going to be a shot word. <laughs> Boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us once again during Giants Podcast number 199. We're almost there, guys. We're almost in the 200s. I'm trying to get a trying to get a good crew going for the episode number 200. I got to celebrate, man. We're not the good crew. We're just the appetizer. We're the warm up. It's fine. The, the bench You're warmers. Good. Yeah, <laughs> totally. My name is Farhad. I'm the host that loves you most. Once again, episode number 199. I have two guests with me today. Weston Pagano, my old friend, friend that's been moving around around the U.S. for a while now. Where are you at now, man? I am currently in Brooklyn, uh, nice. which is quite a ways away from Chicago, where you and I met and watched Juve for several years back in the day. Yeah, it was fun. It's not you. Weston is good people. He now works with Rob. Um, what's what's the website where Foot people Italia. can find your writings? Yeah, I'm currently uh, writing some on and off for Foot Italia. Um, last two were a ranking of the Serie A kits, which is always fun to do. A uh, break from the kind of we take kits very seriously, but it's a break from the more serious stuff, I suppose, at the same time. And uh, yeah, and the other article was uh, five missed opportunities for the Juventus transfer window. So I expect some listeners to bookmark that and tweet it at me when uh, hindsight proves me wrong on some of those, I'm sure. <laughs> Love it, man. So you can follow Weston at Weston Pagano on Twitter. And my new old friend is joining me, Dave. <laughs> Dave is the man behind the YouTube page that's been blowing up, man. I can say that. It's a it's a slow blow up. Like it's a little, it's a very controlled explosion. It's a controlled burn, yeah. Dude, you're, you're doing awesome. I'm so proud of you, man. Like it, the page was great. People were commenting. Like I'm seeing, I'm seeing people coming back and, and like, you know, you're growing your little community and that's, that's pretty awesome. I, I feel like. So thank you for all you do on our YouTube page. By the way, this will be on YouTube as well. And you can see, you can see why, why Weston is a writer by, by, by his, by his <laughs> exquisite look. Well, I love You didn't it. tell me I'm going to be on video this time. This is supposed to be my slack off day. No, you're good, man. You're, you're good. <laughs> I don't know. I have a face for radio. He's telling me I have a face for the blogs. That's what it is. You have a what? You tell me I have a face for for writing instead of a face for. I mean, you're you're a very artistic man. You're you're, you're, you're <laughs> you used to have your own music website, and, and you like very. Uh, you don't like Lana Del Rey. I know that. <laughs> do not do not get him started on her. No, I, 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 I I dig I dig looking at her. I I know it's all about. Uh, to 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 weird image she's. Anyways, I, I just said we're not going to get started on the Lana Del Rey. <laughs> uh, boys, where should we start? First of all, I apologize that we do not have Adam Digby on the podcast today. Like I promised, it's absolutely one hundred percent my fault. I ask for his forgiveness, and we will reschedule. But we will be referencing his his article in Forbes magazine. Um, Adam Digby wrote. Can Juventus afford not to sack Max Allegri? So obviously today will be a Allegri-centric episode. Not much to discuss as far as games, even though I'm sure the games will come up. But um, yeah, this, you guys have a hard path in front of you because <laughs> this is a hard conversation for sure. For sure. For sure. Yeah, but uh, we'll do it anyways. And but, I mean, before we get, <laughs> sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, it's just one of those things. Nobody, nobody's going to completely agree on us, so it'll be fun that way. We'll get yelled at at something. For sure. Dave, can you tell me a little more since we are we need to start plugging the YouTube page a little more? 
just because I feel like it's a it's a fun follow. It's a, you guys have pre games and and post games, and uh, you're starting to to have a lot of guests on. Like I said, really happy you're doing that. Could not have asked a better a, a better guy to do it. So, uh, what's new? What's coming up? Oh yeah, there's uh, there's a few things. So actually tomorrow. Uh, so let's say Thursday, because I mean, if you're listening to this later, but we're gonna mm-hmm. have our first call-in show, uh, kind of like an old-school AM radio show where the callers come in and we just get your opinions. So we want to kick so much. That. So, so people will be on on camera. Uh, that's up to them uh, if they want to be on camera. Sure, if not, we we don't have to show their face; just be audio. Um, so, so now, but it's just... so, now, so now that sorry, so now that we have the 500 followers or like 550 now on YouTube. Is that the new kind of the new perk of it? No, this is just something I've wanted to do for a while. And it just seems like it's the right time that things are starting to pick up. I love it. Yeah. And just YouTube, the algorithm, it works in in funny ways. 500 is sort of uh, that first stepping stone and we've achieved that. So the next one's a thousand. Once we hit a thousand, I mean, that's that's when things really start rolling. And uh, we we just want to get the community involved we're, we're having a good time we're, we've coalesced a good really good group of fans and, and that's cool. the most important thing is the community that has been built and continues to grow so i mean please join in and you have you have a chance to have your own voice heard it's not just me and i yeah. guess like you guys have a voice as well so yeah from the very beginning dave that was his that was his platform that he will involve the listeners and the viewers as much as possible and make it a community effort like i, I see other pages there's not much fan involvement, so if you if you want to be part of the game and um, uh, part of the community, for like like Dave said, so join us on YouTube. Um, thank you, thank you for that. That was that was kind of look, half of those things were new <laughs> for me as well. Oh, things are changing all the time. That's the whole fun of it. I love it. I love it. So let's talk about it, Weston. Are you a pragmatic? Are you a, are you a hashtagist? What's what's happening in your in your part of town? Yeah, you belong, I mean, you belong to the Juventus fan club of New York, I know. And I do, I do. Yeah, you That's can awesome. see the uh, that scarf is located up there. Nice. I love it. With the collection, um, but uh, yeah, I you know I I definitely am Allegri out now, which is uh, unfortunate to say out loud. Uh, but I, I kind of have reached the end of my rope, so to speak. I think I was definitely more hesitant to jump on board than some folks were. Um, you know, I the sort of all or nothing mentality online you see. You know, the people who kind of feel like they're team Allegri and people who their whole personality now is Allegri out. I would consider myself not either of those, somewhere in between. Um, but for me, I, I perhaps more heavily than others weight who the replacement would be when deciding if a manager should leave. I think oftentimes people leave out that equation, which is 50% of, of the whole conversation, right? I think Zidane is an interesting option. And the rumor is that he's waiting to see what the uh, French World Cup availability, uh, the French national team availability is following the World Cup. So again, we can blame FIFA and Qatar for kicking that can down the road a few more months. Uh, Desham himself, um, never quite sure how to say his name, but he's also an option. Uh, And Tuchel, who, you know, doesn't offer a huge uh, difference from Allegri style, also very stubborn with, with his favorites and his unfavorites. Um, you know, there's just relatively slim pickings, right? Pochettino, his great grandfather. Slim came. pickings is, is a is a candidate too. 
<laughs> no, but it's, I, you know, for me, it really just comes down to who are we replacing him with? And, and for me, you know, there's, there's the opportunity to bring in someone cheap like uh, Massimo Carrara, if you remember him from, from deputizing for Conte back in the day. Tudor obviously is at Marseille now, no longer an option, but Montero is. With- He's not really good. I saw, I, I saw Marseille in the Champions League and I just saw the highlights. They were awful. They yeah, were. he's been doing well domestically, uh, but but you're right, not as well in the Champions League. Again, like I'm not necessarily saying I want any of these people, but just to think mm-hmm. out loud, you know, do we bring in someone on an interim basis until after the World Cup and then go from there? You know, what what is what's what's the option, mm-hmm. right? It's it's not enough to just say Allegri's overstate is welcome, which I believe to be true, but who are we going to bring in that's actually going to turn things around? And and for me. I'm not sure I see that right now, but also this is one of those areas that fans, we really just don't know what's going on. We don't know those conversations in the back door. We don't know if someone talked to Tetzerabi before he went to, to to Brighton or not. We don't know, right? And maybe this will come out eventually. Today I'm seeing rumors that Conte is interested in coming back to the summer. So do they wait until that happens? You know, there's there's so many moving parts. Um, it's, it's, it's harder to, to form a, a firm opinion. But at the end of the day, for me, People are looking at it the wrong way. People are saying, you know, we're going to have to spend $9 million a season to sack Allegri. That's not how it works, right? We're not paying out a lump sum. This is money we've already budgeted that we're already paying him. And I think that falls on Agnelli for making a bad deal. I think the Agnelli contract that he gave to Allegri is, is too much money for too long of a period, no matter how much you like him, no matter how much you know him. Um, and so I think ultimately a lot of the blame lies higher up the food chain. But regardless, you know, people kind of have this idea that we're going to be spending all this money to sack Allegri. And while there are probably more fees than we realize with sacking lower level staff that will go out the door with him, ultimately, if we're bringing in someone like a Montero or bringing in someone like a Carrera, you know, that's not going to be a lot of money, right? We're, we're adding on top a few million dollars for a short term deal. And the amount of money that we'll save in, you know, not embarrassing ourselves further in the Champions League, not losing more TV revenue, not losing more ticket sales, not player value plummeting, not players wanting to jump ship when we have no leverage to, to get a larger fee for them. I think ultimately, if you look at the big picture, it's time. Uh, so I think we need to move on from discussing whether or not it's time for him to leave and, and really look into to what the alternative is going to be. Cool, man. So, so you mentioned the salary. I wanted to go back to Adam's article again. So once again, Go to Adam's Twitter uh, at ADZ77. Uh, he has a link there. So it's kind of a lengthy, um, lengthy couple of paragraphs here. And everyone knows I love reading in public. But here we go. Show, show me some support, please. Uh, so 18 months into, and I'm reading the wrong part. So so the logic goes that the Bianconetti cannot afford to part ways with Allegri, who reportedly earns 9 million euros per year until June 2025. Uh, so here's the quote from uh, Ariba Bene. Changing technical guidance right now would be absolute madness. Max doesn't just have a contract. He has a prog- program to develop over four years. Yet in 18 months into that program, it's not hard to see that there's no improvement. Back in 2019, when this time dire, dull, disappointing Juve limped to the Scudetto, Allegri was replaced and the club turned first to Maurizio Sarri and then Pirlo in an attempt to modernize the playing style. Um, so instead of counting what it, would be, what it would cost us to sack him, at this point he would be owed roughly 25 million euros. Perhaps it's worth asking if the inverse is true, can Juventus afford not to sack him? 
and there's a lot of figures here and, and, and a whole bunch of stuff that you guys can do a little more research on. But you, we've all seen the stadium. I mean, Champions League nights are a, are a cash cow. Those Champions League nights for Juve, for a club like Juve, whether you're, you're a follower from the 80s or from the 90s, I feel like wherever Juve plays at home, that has to be a sellout. And we saw the game against Benfica. And imagine... Uh, imagine players, our players coming out to a home crowd like this. Like, what kind of motivation is that? You know, you bet perform best where, when there's crowd singing and chanting behind them. And we've seen, we've seen, uh, maybe the whole ultra situation as well. It doesn't help that the team is performing poorly. So, it's just, we're, we're just losing too much money. And revenue and people people are turning away our own fans don't want to watch whether you like it or not whether you think those those fans are fake fans real fans blah 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 but even a real fan may not watch uh, uh, a game with Juve right now maybe they'll choose something something else and if if we win we get three points with a dull dull game barely maybe scratching the game uh, out or we might see either a draw or a loss again. So I don't know. I don't know. There's this money situation. There's ego situation. Uh, Dave, what are you hearing yeah, the, around around YouTube land? The money, the money thing is the topic I've kind of hit on a lot recently. Um, and Weston, you actually made a really good point there. Uh, it's it's all those unknowns. How do you account for that? Uh, it's the same sort of formula with Ronaldo is he was costing us so much a year, but how much was he bringing in? And there's no way to really put numbers to that. So as fans, I mean, the guys on the inside might not even have the actual numbers. So as fans, we really have no comprehension, like the amount of millions of dollars. And I mean, we probably don't have millions of dollars in our own lives. Maybe there's a couple lucky few of you, but I mean, that's just a lot of money that the average person just has no concept of. So what we what we typically do is think very emotionally because that's easy for us as humans to do is just think with emotion, especially after a tough couple weeks. And I could say, uh, coming off that loss to Monza, I started, I had a foot into that Allegri out train. Like I, I did not jump on it at all. This time I was grabbing the handrail, put my foot on and the, and the train was taken off. <laughs> so, Choo-choo, um, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, luckily, I I don't know if it's luck or not, but uh, at this point, you know, I got off this train before it really took off and, uh, you know, just did a little stumble back onto Earth uh, as I kind of collect myself and try to get more information on the whole situation and, and really where his standing is with the club. So do, do I really have a good answer at this point? What I, what I want? I mean, financially, it makes sense to keep him. Um, it, when you just look at the, the raw numbers of, of his contract, but how much are, are we actually going to lose? What if we don't make uh, the, the round of 16? What if the next guy doesn't make us get us into the round of 16? There's just so many unknowns at this point. And honestly, I, I don't really have an opinion at this point just because I don't know. I have no idea, and I, no, I don't think any of us have an idea. It's, it's also the people with the hashtag. It's so it's so easy to type in a hashtag. Let's be oh, yeah. let's be honest. They're running a multi million dollar corporation, and oh, Ham, Hamza from from the Middle East types in Allegri out. You know, no offense to Hamza, he's a good friend of mine. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. I don't know what that is, but it's 
too. You don't just fire a coach at a drop of a hat like that. I feel, I feel like it'll take a lot worse. And let's not forget, can you boys remind me which season? I called it a, an FU Scudetto. It, it was the one where we were like 10, seven or eight weeks into the season. It was awful, and we just ran the table and won it. Well, which which year was that? Was it like 18 or 19? 2015, 2016. It was after the hangover yeah. of losing the 2015 final, losing Pirlo, losing Vidal, and losing... There was someone else we lost to, I think. Maybe yeah, right. you started really slowly Something at the beginning. Like Rakizio lost- retired, I think. Was that it? We went to Zenit, yeah. But we lost the first few games, yeah. Udinese and Roma, and then it was... I think we were losing at halftime to Parma and turned it around and got a draw. But uh, yeah, those first three games were... Busy. <laughs> you remember that. Well, I actually was looking at it. I had the same question that you had. I mean, I knew it was that season, but I, I went and back and looked at the table to compare, and I was like, what would we have to do to turn this around? And they won, well, like, every game but one from the from that point on, right? I mean, it was, it was a crazy turnaround. And what's well, the number? I want to say 23. Was that what it was, 23 wins, or am I just pulling numbers? Um, I mean, wait, people forget, man. People forget what kind of records we used to set. Do you guys remember every game was uh, uh, GG's, most clean sheets in, in the role of play. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it was – well, let's let, – speaking of records, I have this website open, uh, outlookindia.com. And uh, this – I like this – I like this article because it's it's from back when Allegri was hired for the first time. So they <laughs> – there's nothing about his current kind of – current situation. So uh, I'm saying here that he's a record setter. Juve's two highest scoring seasons dating back as far as 1930 have both come under the stewardship of Allegri. In fact, Allegri is responsible for three of the seven Juventus seasons during which they have netted 100 goals or more. Can you, can you believe that? We scored 100 goals alongside That's pretty good. Pirlo, Antonio Conte, and uh, Jesse Carver. Uh, also says here, Allegri guided Juventus to 26 home wins in 2016-17 season, the highest total produced by a club in a single campaign dating back to at least 1930, which uh, while his 2017 and 18 season, which was also the campaign in which Juve netted 112 goals. So 17-18 season, we saw the Bianco Nere record 18 away wins, the most in any season since 1930. There's a whole bunch more I can I I'll, I'll we'll get back to it but let's just discuss those those crazy numbers like this this was our reality and we were still unhappy and I was still like this podcast was kind of like the voice that I have and I always said never get used to winning like people complain that they're winning too much and boring to watch like never get used to it boys like before you know it we're we're looking at losing to Monza the first, we're we're giving away historic wins to all the provinciale teams isn't that crazy. Yeah, yeah, the records are going the other direction now. True, true. Yeah, that was the first time ever in our history that we lost the first two Champions League games. Yeah, I think yep. first time since like 1935 or some ridiculous. There's other crazy statistic. The last time that we gave a, a Serie A club their first ever Serie A win um, had been quite a long time from from that point as well. Um, but just, you know, to, to circle back, I mean, it people again they want to say oh allegri was never good or oh allegri has always been good and and i think the weird reality is that people change and situations change and it's hard for us to wrap our heads around it you know i mean he used to score a lot of goals right and now he's one of the worst coaches in the league for attacking plays 
but also right now he's one of the worst coaches in the league for for defensive plays too. I mean, he we're consistently bottom of the table for every single stat you can really pull. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I wrote down a few before this. Just you know, it's not cherry picking to say we're fifth to last with attacking plays, fifth to last with defensive duels, dead last for dribbling, and dead last for oh, team press. Right? That's nuts. That is so nuts. We're not, yeah. it, we're not even like five from the from the from the end. Like we're last, right? So it's, it's a situation where you know we're we're relying on individual brilliance to pull us out of having no system or style. And right now, all of our individually brilliant players are injured or suspended. And so you know we really need one of the two to hold us together, and, and we don't. And at the same time, you know, kind of a third variable from that is. You know, the rumors are that he's losing the locker room are true. None of nothing else matters. Right. I mean, I'd rather have a mediocre tactician who has the team behind it 100 percent than a brilliant right. tactician Same. where no one follows what he's saying. And again, I don't think we have either of those right now, um, you know, and we kind of need to pick a lane. So I think, you know, like you said, the financial conversation for me, one of the reasons why I was hesitant to criticize Allegri was because I think a lot of the problems we've had over the recent years is squad building. Uh, you know, we, we don't have the fullbacks we need. We had Ronaldo, but we didn't have the midfield to support him. We had XYZ problem in a kind of squad building sense. Um, and a lot of that comes down to financial mismanagement and, you know, COVID plays a role in that, et cetera, et cetera. Other teams are, are stronger and they're, they're more of a force to be reckoned with in the transfer window. Um, but, you know, if Allegri is the one telling management that he doesn't want a fullback and he doesn't think we need a fullback, then then that's his problem when he's on the field and his fullback makes a mistake. We concede a goal because Quadrado, it was, I think it was in Salernitana, the, the goal that we gave up was because Quadrado messed up at right back. Love Quadrado, he's not a right back. You know, if an individual error happens in a part of the field where the manager explicitly refuse to solve that problem, then again, that comes down to him. And it gets even more absurd when you look at the fact that we spent how much money on Cambiasso and Trobotta and Pellegrini. We have three left backs right now that are out on loan, you know, and the money that we spent on Cambiasso alone this summer could easily pay the wages for a replacement manager this season, right? So, you know, even it was, I don't even know what it was, 3.5 million or something like that we spent on Cambiasso and sent him on loan, that could pay the salary for you know Massimo Carrera to come back for a season. Again, not saying that he's the solution or whatever, um, but when people come back and they say we don't have the money, I think it's it's a cop out answer because ultimately the management has a loyalty to Allegri, and it's weirder when you think they didn't have loyalty to Del Piero, they didn't have loyalty to Pirlo, they threw him under the bus. Agnelli didn't even have loyalty to Seferin, the UEFA president, who I don't like and really no one likes but at the end of the day you know he's willing to stab people in the back to do what he wants to do or what he thinks is best which are not always Damn. the same. it's kind Damn. of confusing to me right where why he's not willing to to realize he made a mistake with with allegri and again i think a lot of us made a mistake a lot of us were happy for him to come back oh man we were predicting trebles over here man but that's <laughs> to come back you know you don't sign him to nine million a season for four seasons without some clause that says if you don't reach this benchmark we can let you go you know even what was it even Inzaghi was like if you're not in the top four of Serie B we can sack you for free like remember that was all over the headlines you know uh you know there's not a clause in the contract that says if you lose the Monza you know if you, if you don't win you know more than there two should games. be there should be if you lose more if you lose more than three games to a team's uh, below 15th spot, you buy, right? I should be yeah, aware. And, and you want to know the stat? The stat's worse than people think. I went, if you if you count back to last season and you include the mm-hmm. friendlies, in the last 15 matches, we've won three. 
in the last yeah. 15 matches yeah. we've won three and those it's, three were against terrible. Chivas Guadalajara Sassuolo and Spezia and and look I will say that on the pitch we beat Salernitana but that's a whole other discussion yeah <laughs> and, and one of them was, and one of them was a one of them was a friendly man yeah, yeah the percent the percentage is terrible and the, I'm glad you brought those figures because it just puts in perspective man we are like like Dave said we're like moving in different directions on the opposite of this only one coach in Juve's history Giovanni Trapattoni has seen has overseen more league games than Allegri 100 Allegri's 190 Juve amassed 142 victories giving Allegri a win percentage of 74.74 clear of second place Conte 72% who managed 83 triumphs from 140 matches like people forgot about Conte right after Allegri came in and just and and that's another point if we're a podcast we're uh be mistake not to bring up the comparisons that the, that people do is even uh Mina Rizuki that our, our our friend she she always said that listen Allegri came to Juve in his first stint after the team's been stacked team was team was ready to fight um and there was a thread going around today i think from uh Italian football tv guys uh what's the game that you would and i want to kind of pose pose this question to you guys too What is the game if you could change the result? That one game you get to turn you turn back time and change the result. Weston, sorry to put you on the spot, but come on, buddy. I told you to be ready. So I actually I saw this once on my timeline today because Adam had answered the 2017 final. And mm-hmm. I would say the 2017 final as well, but for a different reason. Um, he said the 2017 final because he said everything fell apart from that point. Um, and while I think there are certain threads that started coming undone, like the relationship with Benucci, et cetera, we still had 90-95 point seasons the two seasons after that. Uh, I would say that game because I was there and spent all my money to go. And my oh, that's right. We were there together. We watched the- <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there. Uh, and uh, it was my first and only Champions League game I've ever been to. Um, I spent a disgusting amount of money on a resale ticket. I was there. Yeah, you but know, you were in the Juve section. I was alone in the Real Madrid section. <laughs> no, 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 no. We were we were buying your ticket. So so this dude has a stack of cash, and he's like, "Hey, Farhad, can you can you come with me? I'm meeting some dude." And we went. I mean, Cardiff is a beautiful city. It's like a little magical castle. Online though, that we were meeting in some random bar. <laughs> so we, we we went to a bar. I'm I'm I mean I'm sloshed by then. Like we're <laughs> drinking the whole day, and it's hot, and we're drunk. It's like, okay, let's go. Uh, but I, I really want to see the final. Please don't, please don't make me die. Uh, so we go and meet that guy. He's really, actually, a really nice guy. <laughs> yeah, but he didn't tell me the ticket was a Real Madrid ticket. That's the thing. Would, uh, would, come on, would you have changed your mind? No, I still would have gone. But I mean, I, I, I he could at least warn me. Yeah, mentally prepare for that. He's not <laughs> all Juventus gear. And Manzukic scores the goal of the year right in front of me, and I stand up. Oh, and oh yes. Looks at me like you should sit back down again. Um, anyone who knows me has heard me do this sob story but for those of you who don't um, after that they we had nowhere to stay because we were we were meant to take the train back to Manchester oh, there was, dude that's right they canceled the trains and and the there was a terrorist attack in London that night but really I think they'd already canceled the trains to Manchester because they wanted people to get stuck there and spend more money in the city but we had no money because we'd spent it all on the, on the ticket in the wrong section so we literally walked around the city in the rain in the dark all night 
until the train would leave the next morning. But the sad thing is, is it was raining, so you couldn't tell if you were crying or not. The record will not. <laughs> um, but there's literally a guy busking like, hello, darkness, my old friend, like singing. <laughs> and it was, uh, it was a sad night. It was. And we literally, so me and and like 10 drunk friends, I don't know where you were at this point. I was with some other folks. But we, um, the only place that was open 24 hours was a casino. And oh, my God. Up. This gets so bad. This gets worse <laughs> and worse. You had to sign up, become a member to get inside. So we're all members. Oh, my God. There's no money left. And so it was all the only people in there at three in the morning were all Asian businessmen who I guess were on like a different clock in their brain because they were traveling. You know, they're all awake and they were all gambling. And we sat in the back and drank the free hot chocolate and watched UFC fighting project on the wall until we fell asleep. Oh, my God. That's so sad. uh, Yeah. We, we ended up going to the train station and getting those like aluminum foil refugee blankets, you know, that they give you <laughs> the space blanket. Yeah. We just had to, we just had to wait it out. So still, still working through the PTSD uh, from that experience. By the but, way, uh, 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 aluminum foil refugee blanket is my band name. Yeah. <laughs> it's, that's a great band name. Honestly, uh, there, you could do much worse, but so, and then this, this, this goes into you've, I'm sure you've said this to me as well. Um, a lot of people who know me uh, are begging me to stop going to finals because I'm. I think I'm now zero. <laughs> yeah. Which I one? Went, which what other? Which other one was it? So, so I went to that Champions League final. I went to a USA Gold Cup final in Chicago, which we lost to Mexico. Um, and to be fair, the El Tri fans abused me far more in a U.S. stadium than the Real Madrid fans did to their credit at the chance. But they were too happy to really bother me. And then um, I lost the. Coppa Italia finale just recently, uh, where Inter dove for two penalties, went all the way to extra time, and we lost at Sadio Olimpico. And then a week later, I went to the finalissima at Wembley, and we also lost that as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if anyone wants to curse a team they don't like to pay me, <laughs> to fly me out to the stadium to cheer for them in a final, and so they lose. Uh, like like, hey, make it a business, man. <laughs> oh, that's, that's such a – yeah, I – Sorry, Dave. It's just reminiscing here. I totally forgot about this whole thing. So no, this is awesome. And the, it it was raining, and Cardiff. I mean, it was just drunk Welsh dudes. <laughs> uh, Real Madrid fans left. They went to party, and the streets were just like nothing but troublemakers. It was awful. It was yeah. It was it was terrible. We we took the train to London. It was like a free train. Everyone's drunk, boozing. Um, sleeping on the tables. It was, it was a rough night. It would, it would have been a lot better if you had won for many, many reasons. And plus, you know, there was this uh, unfortunate incident in Turin. It was like Plaza de, de Carlo or something at, at Piazza. Yeah, yeah, somewhere. Uh, uh, yeah, sad night. But yeah, going back to that, um, I was reading. Really, really you know, I was like one of the only ones that was almost stone cold sober the entire time because I was, uh, I, think I was probably, I don't know, I was maybe 21 or 22 or something. And this was only like my second time in Europe. And I was like taking care of a lot of people that are much more drunk than me. I kind of was like, I just want to live in the moment and take it all in. And like, you know, I'm in a new country and I don't really know what to do. And I was just, I think I was a little nervous, not nervous, not, I mean, not nervous, but I was just, you know, kind of. I wasn't like relaxed and fully having fun. I was like kind of like completely. Yeah, same same here. I stopped drinking just because it was just um, yeah. I'm in a, I'm in a foreign country. I'm in a foreign country after a big uh, football final. It's not it's not all marmalade and roses. It's it's like dudes looking for a fight. And um, UVA fans were really 
hostile as well. Everybody was really pissed and drunk and sad. We've been drinking all day long. And then uh, that's that's when uh, that's when I tell my story of my beer. I go into the stadium. I'm kind of sobering, sobering up. And um, we've been drinking all day. And I was standing in, in, a, in an alley with Real Madrid fans waiting to get into the stadium. Mm-hmm. And you kind of sober up. So I go to the concessions or whatever. The game is almost starting. And I down this bucket of Heineken. I mean, that thing is like 24 ounces. And I, I was like, okay, I should be good for the rest of the game. The last sip, I look at the look at the cup, trying to save it for a memory, and it says zero percent of alcohol. So I got a bl- <laughs> I got a bladder full of beer in a oh, place where worst. I don't want to go to the stadium just because I don't want to miss any of the action. And I'm just like, yo, this is the worst. And then Black Eyed Peas <laughs> performed. I definitely I think, that, I think that was the first. That was the worst part. The Black Eyed Peas before the before the game. Yeah, I I totally blacked that out too. I definitely no, I definitely had been drinking with you guys, but I think just being on edge, you know, you, I I didn't even feel it at all. Yeah, I think now if I could do it over again, I think I would I would try to just enjoy the moment more. But I was like, you know, I'd finally made it. I was like, I know I'll never be here again. Like this is my last chance to see Buffon lift the trophy, and I just was. Yeah. I think I was so on edge that I probably didn't even didn't even know. But um, yeah, it was a, it, it was like we said, going back to the actual football discussion. That was that was. <laughs> Pretty much the game for me as well. If I would turn around anything, uh, because th- th- it would have it would have been after that if we won that game, if we had come back from the halftime uh, with you know the thought in our heads that we're going to win instead of falling apart, we we would have had at least two, at least one more after that for sure. Yeah. The team, I feel like the team would have been getting only stronger after that. And after, after that, mm, well, sad. Also, I mean, look, people are looking at that question in terms of what could we have changed to turn things around today? And I don't think that there is one game that you could change the result for that would change where we are today. I think I would have changed that game besides the personal reasons. I would have changed that game or maybe the 2015 final just because we deserve to have won a Champions League during that, that golden era. I mean, those golden years, we were so good. We Each time that we made the final and lost, we lost to either Messi's uh, Barcelona or Ronaldo's Real Madrid, two of the greatest mm-hmm. teams I've ever played yeah. yet. And in both of those tournaments, we had beaten the other one to get there, right? And so I think – and also I, I would personally argue that the uh, the Bayern Munich game in between was, was – uh, pretty shambolic refereeing that I, I think we could probably get it with VAR would have been a different result. In, in that oh game. man. And with okay. VAR, there would have been a different result against Real Madrid in uh, the following season, 2017, 2018. So again, you know, we were one of the preeminent sides uh, over the space of four years. And mm. um, I just, you know, we haven't won the champions League since the season I was born. I've never seen it happen. Uh, would love to before I die, hopefully fingers crossed. And so uh, I would have changed one of those results simply because I don't think we can change where we've ended up by changing a game result, but I think we could have gotten some more silverware during the period that we had. And I think we deserved it and it would have been nice to have gotten it. And it would have made right now feel a little bit better because we'd say, Hey, it's the end of a cycle, but we got what we were after. And, and I'm not going to downplay nine Scudetti, but we didn't get what we were after. We didn't win the champions league. And I think it'd be a little bit easier to swallow this bitter pill. If we could look back on that, uh, that trophy in the cabinet at the same time. Adam continues. Allegri is a safety first defensive obsessed coach yet his side has just three clean sheets in nine games. He's in charge of a team so paralyzed by fear that they play with no suggestion of in- inventiveness or creativity. He has taken the deadliest striker in the country and turned him into a bystander 
seemingly only on the field to serve as a reminder of just how badly his stock has plummeted. If the situation continues, how long before Vlaovic is asking to move on, just as the leaks did after seeing similar lack of progress? Yeah, I mean, these are these are sad words. But you know what? There's a very, very small chance, but we, we might be laughing at what we're saying now because, like we mentioned, the, the season, the FU season, if we were even in a worse situation, at least right now, uh, let me actually let, let me look at the table. Talk uh, talk amongst yourselves. We, we well, were saying this last season too, though. Like, how how about that season? True, true. So how how about it? Because are we going to do it, or are we just going to talk about it? I don't think we can. Things have changed. I think that season we had belief that we could turn things around because we had the leaders yeah. in the squad to do it. We had the overall squad composition to go the distance. And I don't think we have either of those things right now. And again, I think this is why people being very all or nothing is frustrating because we have to admit things changed. Evra has said repeatedly in interviews that when he was under uh, Allegri back in the day, he was training harder than he'd ever trained in his entire life. Mm -hmm. He didn't run it. They they monitored that he didn't run enough kilometers during a game. They made him run after the game. Even if he threw up, he had to keep going. I mean, he was like, this is the hardest I've ever trained in my whole life. Now, our tour apparently is not fit when he gets to Liverpool. Apparently, our players aren't fit. So what changed? Why did Allegri's training regime go from overworking players to underworking players? We had a lot of injuries then, but we had a good enough squad to get through it. Now we have a lot of in- injuries, and we don't have the squad. Uh, it's so funny. You, you brought up the injuries, and and I'm, I'm, I always said, even with the injuries, we are a Scudetto con- contender, even with these injuries as, as of mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like a non-excuse for me. Chiesa is, dude, Chiesa is a beast. And we can't deny that we're missing him, Pogba. But right now, we should be 3-4, top 3, top 4, easily. But you mean, if we won that one game, we would be. That's how tight the, the board is right now. Yeah, but again, if you look at Allegri's style, there is no style. I mean, uh, no. Dan, Dan uh, from Twitter, I think is Dan O'Dowd, I think is his name. He wrote an article uh, where he actually went through every goal that we scored and categorized them if it was a set piece opposition mistake or a goal that actually came from us playing football <laughs> in a way that made <laughs> yeah. sense. And of course, like we suspected, you're on the numbers, the, it's a vast minority of our goals actually came from the team playing any semblance of a strategy. And uh, those as well have been, a couple of them have been headers as well. So like just tie balls in that you kind of yeah. jump up for, right? It's not like... But you drop Pogba or Chiesa in this, we're going to be counterattacking better. We're going to be making some magic yeah. out of nothing. But there's still not going to be any identity, right? We're still, I mean, we're bottom of the table for pressures, bottom of the table uh, for for so many things. That's that's not an individual issue. That's a team issue. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, there's, a, there's a whole team in distress at this point. Yeah, right. you, you, you brought up, um, Weston brought up the fact that he'd rather see a coach full of, full of passion that is not great at tactics, then well, see this. See, see a chess player uh, I mean, with zero personality. Give, give me a sec. Same thing. You know, how many, how many times have we seen a team in a Champions League that very little people have heard of, and all of a sudden you get kind of invested because the team and the coach, they gel so well, and, and it's such a fun unit to watch. I feel like there should be there should be a fine, there should be a, a healthy, healthy balance of both. And we remember the first stint, Allegri was Mad Max. He was throwing jackets around 
And mm-hmm. now he's just kind of there, you know, he's, he's half-heartedly answering the questions. He's just, just not the same. So what, what could it change? Is it, is it the fact that he got paid? I don't know. I don't know. It's definitely not the same person. That's, that's what I'm trying to say. Well, there, there, should, there should be a dog in you, you know, and, and you just doesn't have it. I feel like the, the, what's, what's the saying? The fish starts riding from the head. Well, did you see the quote from, from Montalivo the other day that was circulating around? I don't know if it was a new quote or the quote just popped up again. Uh, but he said, you know, I've had coaches that give you a very specific explanation of every detail of the game and what to do. And then you have a coach like Allegri that just gives you a vague idea of what's going to happen and you're kind of on your own. Mm. So this is, again, this is something that is not new. If Allegri was this way at Milan, then he's been that way, I would assume, all the way through. So the question again for me is, you know, he won a Scudetto with Milan and then he had a terrible period with Milan. He won a lot of Scudetti with us and now he's having a terrible period with us. If his mentality has always been to give the players a sort of vague idea, how come that works sometimes and how come it doesn't work other times? Because we looked a lot more structured in the day. And that makes me wonder if maybe it's an issue of motivation. And again, he had the locker room behind him at the start. He does it now. Could that be one of the main factors? But it's a chicken and the egg scenario, right? I mean, he's losing the locker room because the results aren't there. That's why you see Di Maria lashing out. That's why you see Benucci lashing out, because they're frustrated on the pitch. And that's how they're trying to get that frustration out. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, like, again, the, the, the level of quality in the squad has not dropped so drastically as to explain these issues. And again, I think it's got to be something that we're just not seeing behind the scenes. Because to me, it doesn't add up why we've seen the training change but we've seen the tactics not change. Why are the on-field results so drastically different? The amount of injuries are still high. So when, when you say the uh, more hands-off approach, that also takes a certain type of player. And you, you mentioned motivation. You need a self-motivated type of person to have a hands-off manager because you have to self-motivate to do that and to learn those skills and to learn your job. And it obviously can work both ways, as as we're seeing. If you have the right people with the right mentality and and you want to go hands-off and just give them that broad scope and let them go, I mean, that that works with the right guys, the right composition of those people. Because it's, it's obviously not just you have to be good at doing that. You have to have the whole mix, the whole 11 players plus your subs kind of on the same page, but being able to to kind of know what they need to do in their respective roles. Perhaps now the players we have, and, and it could be a generational gap thing as well, younger players, older older manager, or it could just be that these are the guys that we ended up with now. Now that we've lost people like uh, Chiellini, Buffon, Barzali, Marquise, I mean, the, the list goes on, right? Uh, those people, we look back and they, they were self-motivated. They were champions. They want to go out and fight. The guys we have now, you know, you have a smattering of people kind of from wherever, you know, R- Rabio's is kind of showing up with his mother. Um, <laughs> I mean, uh, Bremer, and I'm not going to trash on him, but he just showed up. He, he has no real connection to the team yet, right? Like he, he still needs to build these things. So that composition overall doesn't exist and you don't have that individual motivation to carry through with that style of management. Is that, is that the whole picture? I mean, probably not, but well, just in that scope. Yeah. I, but to your point, though, I mean, I also wonder how much he's micromanaging that. I mean, like you said, tactically, he's maybe not giving enough instruction. But in terms of the actual player management, uh, what is his role? Because 
there was an example the other day that that really stuck with me where Dusan, uh, he scored a goal that was called offside. He was clearly frustrated because he wasn't getting enough chances. But the one half chance he got, he put away. It didn't stand. But he had proven that he'd put the ball in the back of the net and he yeah. was really raring to get some more chances. He had scored two free kicks at this point. He scored a penalty at this point. What happens against Lernitana? Bonucci takes it and he misses it, right? And so to me, I don't know if that came down from, from Allegri. I don't know if that was Bonucci pulling rank. But at the end of the I day, to me, it was terrible, terrible man management because you have a striker who's frustrated he's not getting enough chances, but he's proven he's putting away the few chances he gets. Taking away another chance from him is not going to alleviate that frustration. It's going to make him more frustrated. And then Benucci missed it. So demonstrably, it was the wrong call. But I think at the end of the day, right, you, you know, we're, I'm worried that Vlaovic is going to want to leave and go somewhere where he can actually mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not. I mean, I mean, how many times has he pronounces love and, and loyalty? Delicted yeah. as well, though. No, it's no, he never. I mean, no. You can't, <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe, not, not to the maybe, same level. Maybe next year. Uh, by the way, Delict needs to stop speaking because I love the guy. And I, <laughs> I, I, that's my son. Everyone knows. It's my boy. But, it's the same thing with Zakaria. Zach, I, I don't know. I still yeah, know. who cares about that? Zakaria, I guess he left too soon for anyone to actually fully explain to me how to say his name. But he I mean, <laughs> yeah. said, you know, Juve was playing too low. I think I'm going to be happier here. Uh, the Licks said I want to win the Champions League. I miss the day when players saying that not only were wrong, but we could laugh at them. Vidal left, said he wanted to win the Champions League. He did worse in the Champions League after leaving us. Now, Delict's right. He's going to go further in the Champions League than we are. Zacharia's mm-hmm. right. He's going to play in a system that is not as deep as ours. You know, we're reaching the sad point where players are leaving and they're airing frustrations that we can no longer say, ha, you're an idiot, we hate you. We have to say, oh, you're right. Who else is thinking this? Who's going to be next, you know? And, and yeah, exactly. It's a frustrating reality to have. And that goes back to the whole money talk is our, our, our investments, are they going to just leave us? So we pour money into these players. I mean, yes, you can look at Zacharia and we made some money off of them. But then, I don't know, Ronaldo just got up and left. Look look at the shitstorm that created. So it can go either way. But again, un- unquestioned, unanswered questions, things that you can't really put numbers to. But if we continue down this road with or without Allegri, whatever, whatever we get, I mean, we're going to lose money and we're going to lose the players. And and then what do you have? You don't have the players to make more money. You don't have money to buy the players. Wait, you, you become a 10th place team? You become Fiorentina? Like, what happens? It's a slippery slope. I mean, it, it took both Milan teams a decade to recover, you know? Yeah. And I shudder to imagine that happening to us. I think on one hand, uh, you know, we created a dynasty. So all the other clubs, you know, Roma, Napoli having record-breaking seasons, they were operating within the context of us being a dynasty. I think... Juve is lucky right now that when we're faltering, there's no one true leader that's going to consolidate that sort of, uh, you know, control over the whole league. Um, you know, I, I, I'm, again, maybe a minority in Juventini, but I hope that if we don't win the Scudetto this year, it's Napoli or, you know, Roma. It's not one of the two Milan sides because I don't want any club to get that foothold that is impossible to knock them off a perch from, right? Yeah. Um, and so it's a zero-sum game, right? You could argue <laughs> Stronger now than it was before, um, but did, did you say Napoli is winning this Scudetto? <laughs> He's laughing at you. I see. No, I don't. I'm not saying I think anything. I'm just saying I would rather, you know, a team on the other side of the country 
that's not competing with youth recruitment in our region, that doesn't have a history of winning anything, get an odd title, then someone like Inter Milan go on a run of 5-6 because they they hit their stride and, and consolidate yeah. power. And it's better for the league to, to share the wealth. See, I, <laughs> an unpopular take. It's an un- I think pragmatically, again, you know, in politics, I'm called crazy and I'm told I need to be pragmatic. And then with Juve, I try to be pragmatic and then people laugh at me there. So really, it's a lose-lose scenario. You never win. You just don't win in life. That's basically <laughs> what you get out of it. <laughs> Look, I, obviously, I want Juve to win. I would love for yeah. people, I think. I don't know. I don't know about that. No, but people say, like, oh, you know, you. you Things got us out. No, look, people say I'd rather us lose so that Allegri can get sacked and, and that's bad or that's good. Terrible. But but here's the thing. If if we if we lose the next five games and sack Allegri and bring in someone who turns us around and wins the Scudetto, then that's good. If Allegri suddenly wins every game from now on and wins the Scudetto, that's good. If Allegri wins a few games and stays on and then we don't win the Scudetto, that's bad. I, I, I'm not going to hope that we lose. But at the end of the day, the results are what matters, and we don't know what the results are going to be until we get there, right? So I'm not going to be sitting on the sideline saying, oh, I hope he gets smashed 5-0 so that the manager leaves, because that doesn't get you any closer necessarily to winning something. But if it happens and we win, then we'll all look back on it and think, great. But that's the thing is we, we can't have this sort of cheerleader mentality where people are like, oh, I only want us to do well so Allegri's vindicated, or I only want us to do bad so Allegri looks stupid. At the end of the day, we all should want to win. Uh, and I don't know the answer of how to get there, but I hope we find one and, and we may not know what it is until it's happened. All right. Well, on this note, let me just um, thank my, I hate saying guests. <laughs> what the fuck am I? I don't <laughs> I know. Just, yeah. Tell me whatever you want. Dave, Bro, thank you, buddy. Guest, Dave, Weston. yeah. Weston, I feel like we should make you a uh, semi-regular, especially on the YouTube page. Yeah. Uh, yeah. On, on the YouTube channel. If you're, if you're free, you guys get your get your information. Let's let's do it. Sure. Right. Yeah. Um, so in the beginning, I forgot to mention the ways to get get in touch with us. Uh, and actually, there's one more thing that I want. Can you guys literally give me like two seconds? Dave, just tell us what you got going on. Let me Google. All right. Yeah, we'll just do a quick re- recap there on you uh, the whole YouTube thing. Uh, so like I said, call in show tomorrow. Hit me up either Twitter, Discord, uh Twitter is at Dave Turn Giants, uh, or just hug me up through Farhad. Uh, but also, we're looking at getting more of a historical series going. I'm actually just reading Adam Digby's book right now. So another shout out uh, to Adam. Uh, I, I was going to start making the series, and then I started reading his book. Uh, and I realized I, I need to learn off Adam a little more before, before I dive in. So give me a little bit more time. I'm going to finish reading his book and I'm going to get a new, uh, historical series starting in 1897 for you guys as well. It's so, good book. Uh, I, can, I can vouch as well. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I'm enjoying it so far. Five chapters in. Oh, had okay. still need some more time. <laughs> oh, was I, was I typing the whole time? I thought I was on mute. No, no, you're good. What's happening no, is it. Write a new cue card to hold it up really quickly. So yeah. <laughs> the production value in this place is, is through the roof. I just wanted to mention the top top ten cities. You know how I love doing that. So oh, I was yes. actually googling the number one city that listened to us in the last seven days is Boardman, B O A R D M A N. That's located in Oregon, don't you know? Jeddah, Saudi Arabia, slid down to number two. Riyadh, also in number, in number three, also Saudi Arabian city. Yeah, look at this look at this variety even it. on the youtube saudi arabia does well on their youtube as well awesome sydney australia number four stockton oh what's up yay area uh perth australia or Australia. 
Stockholm, always, always representing Stockholm, Sweden. And I should probably stop making making fun of their accents. <laughs> Wait, what, was the, what was the first one? Boardman, Oregon. Oregon, wow. Like Who, with, with yeah. a silver bullet too, man. Like I don't know who's sitting there listening to us. Must be, must be like a. Like a whole, I, I like to think it was a whole family. Yeah. Hello to, to Boardman, Oregon, the one part of the contiguous United States I've never been to is the Pacific Northwest. Uh, yeah. Oh, it's beautiful out there. You, everyone must go. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we are now sponsored by the Boardman, Oregon Tourism Board. Thank you. I love it. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. Because before that, um, by the way, where are they? Hold on. Let me, let, me, let me look at this one special city. That's They're, wild, too. I'm just out of nowhere. I love it. Damn. Scranton, Pennsylvania dropped out of like a top 20. I'm so bummed. What? I just started watching The Office again for the fifth time. So, I mean, come on, Scranton. I literally literally did did also. Uh, But anyways, um, I also downloaded the Hulu app. And turns out Hulu is like a goldmine because it has so many awesome shows. And I canceled my Netflix. I can't. I can't. I can't watch one show every six months and pay like what twenty dollars a month now. So Netflix, Netflix can kick rocks. Uh, boys, thank you so much. Um, Twitter at Uber Podcast. Twitter at Turin Giants. Please check out TurinGiants.com very soon. Very soon, something special is coming. Uh, uh, summer's done, so I will. I will be getting back into my into my passion of TurinGiants.com designing. Designing awesome articles of clothing for you guys. The new stickers are on the way. We got Vlaovic sticker. We got Mireti stickers coming. And we got Bremer. Actually, Vlaovic is already on the website. So, TurinGiants.com. Uh, I'm trying to set up uh, posters also. But they're they're coming out square. So, I don't know if people want to buy square posters. But there will be hoodie seasons coming. And I'm, I'm, wearing, I'm actually wearing it. You know what? It's a, it is a Dybala shirt, in case you guys are wondering. The funny thing is, um, Dan Colosimo, he um, he played soccer with the boys from IFTV, and he wore this this shirt. And Dan, uh, Dan Cola is a good, good friend. And somebody actually asked him online a couple of times. So he sent customers our way, so I really appreciate him. Uh, yeah, big passion of mine. Please support it. Uh, I know I've been kind of kind of quiet with with the merch recently but it's, it's coming back so please check it out it's going to be an awesome drop the next drop is going to be fantastic literally a couple weeks and we'll be we'll be on it uh dave also does giveaways on the youtube channel so that's another incentive for you guys to join weston thanks buddy we'll see you soon <laughs> dave love you buddy talk to you guys soon have a good night